for some reason, everybody thinks this is the biggest feature. I don't know if you agree. I disagree. I don't think dark mode is the biggest feature of the phone. It's basically just changing the color in apps. It's cool, but I wouldn't upgrade specifically to get this. I mean, dark mode is the feature, but I mean, why you wouldn't upgrade? I mean, it's a free upgrade. Like, why not? Right? New security features. Right, right. Like but I, get, I guess like what I'm saying is it. it's not the one feature to be, it's like, to be excited about like we have the new portrait lighting controls where you can get really granular on portrait lighting which is gonna be great on the new phones especially you have the new high key mono portrait lighting you have the new i think the new photos app is amazing way better than what we had prior it is definitely as a parent and i'm sure you'll appreciate this too it's gotten so much better at surfacing specific moments Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am John Rettinger. John, how are you doing this week? Listen, it's a busy week. It's a crazy week. week. It's it's probably one of the craziest weeks of the year. It's iPhone week. Yeah, I was actually surprised. I told you yesterday, you were like, hey, are you ready to do a show tomorrow? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, we, we literally just did one yesterday. No, we did not. We did one a week ago. And the week flew by so fast that I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, t- today's Wednesday. What happened? Yeah, September and October tend to blur together. October's not gonna be any easier. You got no. pixels coming. We got one pluses coming. Huawei's coming. I mean, just everything just kind of hitting it once. Yeah, so obviously this week, the big stuff is that the iPhone, as we're recording this right now on a Thursday, the iPhone will be released publicly tomorrow. iOS 13 was released today. Apple Arcade was released today. Yep. So we have a lot of stuff we're going to be talking about on this show, but we gave a teaser last week. You gave a teaser, actually. At the end of the show, you said, hey, we want to bring you back to the show. If you listen to last week's show, we want to bring you back this week. So if you're tuning in this week, thank you for tuning in. Did the teaser work? We said last week we told you everything Apple announced, and this week we would tell you what Apple did not announce. What was missing? There's a lot of stuff, presumably, that's coming before the end of the year. And this isn't like crazy like stuff that's going to be coming in three years. This is substantiated rumors about products that are very clearly in various stages of development nearing release. So the first, let's talk MacBook Pro. Uh, Okay. Getting along in the tooth since 2016. Saw yeah. the current design with the touch bar happen. We also, that was introduction of the, the butterfly keyboard, which has not been, the let's just say not been good for Apple <laughs> and is definitely a I, PR blemish. Yeah, I don't think it's not only not been good. I feel like the keyboard has been bad enough that it has actually hurt the reputation of the otherwise highly recommended MacBook Pro over the past couple of years. Yeah, agree. I mean, even there's been issues with battery swelling where some airlines aren't even allowing certain MacBook Pros on airplanes. It's just been, for all intents and purposes, a disaster for the MacBook Pro. But it looks like Apple is fixing it and we are getting a complete redesign. So same footprints as the current 15 and 13, bigger screen sizes. Mm -hmm. So 16 and 14 inches, thinner bezels. So same footprint, bigger screen with Face ID built in current gen Intel processors and a new keyboard design. Uh, presume that the touch bar uh, will maintain, live on, and keep touch barring moving forward. It should <laughs> also mean that the current size Mac Pros, the 13 and the 15, will continue through the holiday season, but at a presumed discount. Right. Kind of like when Apple moves the last year's phones down a notch and sells them for like 100 bucks cheaper. We should expect to see a discount on the current gen models 
when the new ones are announced. And man, I can't wait yes. to, you know, hopefully they got the keyboard right. And I would assume they did because with the Mac Pro, so not the MacBook Pro, but the Mac Pro, Apple actually brought in-house a bunch of you know creative professionals, music professionals, et cetera, to work with them on what the Mac Pro should be. And you would assume they've been incorporating some of that feedback into their mobile computer as well. Uh, one would hope. Have you had keyboard issues at all with your MacBook Pros? So when they started the butterfly keyboard, it was with the 12 inch MacBook. I got that one day one. And within, I'd say a week, I had a stuck key. I brought it to the Apple store, said, I don't know what's going on with this, but this key keeps repeating. And then sometimes it doesn't work at all. Not only did they say, we want to just hand you a brand new one, but we want to take your old one and send it to corporate so they can take a look at it. So they obviously knew something was up very early on. And then besides that first one, I've had a, I've had a similar problem on another 12 inch MacBook and on one MacBook pro. So in the past few years, probably four years, I've had three computers that have exhibited this behavior. What about you? Maybe I'm in the minority. I've had no issues. I had that original 12 inch MacBook as well. My wife is still using it. I've gone through two other MacBook Pros, had other issues, but never had a keyboard issue. Okay. I wouldn't say you're in the minority. I would say most people probably have not had an issue, but I would say more people have had an issue than I've had a keyboard issue on the previous keyboard. I think that's pretty fair. It's always the case of like a vocal minority kind of thing. Yeah. What if Apple gets this keyboard wrong? Like what if it's bad again? That's what I was going to say. That would be death. Like they know the keyboard has to perform. It has to. It has to, right? Like that's the main, you know, that would be like buying a phone and the touchscreen just doesn't work. Like that is your main input when using a laptop is the keyboard. Yes, you have the trackpad to move the mouse around, but ultimately you're using that keyboard quite a bit to input information. That has to work. That is like the touchscreen not working on an iPhone. Yeah, it would be disastrous, I think. Any other pro features like is Apple kind of re-envisioning the word pro? Are we going to get basically what I'm trying to ask? Am I going to get an SD card slot back on this thing? Uh, how baller move would it be to act Apple actually be like, listen, we finally get pros. Like not only with our 16 and 14, you get a USB A, you get USB C and you get an SD card slot. Mic drop walk off stage. That would hey, be let amazing. Me get that CD drive. Yeah. But how I'm often playing. do you know, how <laughs> often how often do you know Apple to add things back they removed? Right. No, exactly. That is true. But at least leave the headphone jack on the, on the I mean, damn I, yeah. computer. I think, the head, I think the headphone jack will stay. So that is not the only products that Apple will be updating and announcing. So the impulse buy section for you know, Christmas holiday gifts. So the current gen iPhones, the iPhone 11s have a U1 chip in them. Right, it's going to be act- it's not active yet. It's dormant. It'll be active when thirteen point one comes out later on in September. It's going to make the phone kind of spatially aware of itself and other iOS devices. They said it's yes, great. And one for- thing that was explained to me actually from Apple yes. was think of it as GPS for your living room. So normal GPS is like, hey, let me get from here to a Starbucks, you know, a couple miles away. This is, hey, let me find something in this room to a very precise degree using my phone. Yes, I, so I agree. And I think the U1 chip, while certainly having AirDrop easier is nice, it absolutely is for these little tiles, these trackers that will make their way into the Find My icon on your phone. That you can track things. You can track backpacks, purses, kids, people, whatever, wherever you want to put it, you can <laughs> <Kids>. track. <laughs> so I think that's the next thing that's coming. Yeah. And so, yeah, you'll be able to buy. We don't know the price, but let's just say, you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks 
you attach this small tracker to, you know, drop one in your purse, drop one in your luggage, use these on your pets instead of RFID tags. Exactly. And you'll be able to see them on a map no matter where they are in the world. Now, I imagine this is just the start. So obviously Apple will make these trackers, but I would assume like the next AirPods, but the case will just have this built in to the AirPods. I imagine future MacBook Pros, for example, will have these built in and maybe this could be the next thing Apple licenses and other accessory makers can just build this in to their devices as well so that your iPhone can locate things without having to have, you know, one of the trackers. Andrew, get out of my head. The licensing angle was like the next thing I was going to say. There it but is. But going a yes. step further, imagine putting this inside of each individual AirPod. So for those that have mm. lost one AirPod, it falls out. Being yes. able to track it is a really big deal. And I think that's something that Apple is definitely going to be moving into and into very soon. But that's not all. There's one more thing, so to speak, that we should see in October. (laughs) Okay. What do we have? How about a revamped iPad Pro? I'm waiting for it. So I want to talk about the iPad Pro a little bit. So I think the current gen iPad Pro is the most perfectly designed Apple product. I think it's close to perfect. Mm. I use it. It's fantastic. I I love it. It's amazing. With iPad OS, it's even better. So the next gen, I'm sure it'll get the A13X up from the A12X, maybe a RAM bump. But it's also getting that Triclops camera that we've got Mm -hmm. on the iPhone 11 Pros, which I have a bit of a bone to pick because that means for those of us that own the current gen iPad Pro and own the smart keyboard and the smart cover, Mm -hmm. accessories won't fit anymore. And those are not cheap accessories. So because of that... I will think I will be skipping the new generation iPad Pro because I don't really don't care about the cameras. Wait a minute. You're, You're skipping, skipping an entire generation of product simply because it doesn't fit in the keyboard case? In protest. Honestly, I, I've generally, if I've ever skipped Apple generations, it's always been iPads. I think the current gen iPad testament to how good it is. Maybe they'll surprise me and I'll change my tune, but I can't think of anything that they could add to the iPad Pro that I would need that would make mm. the experience any better. You know what I would love? And I don't think they're ever going to do this, or at least not not this year. I think the iPad mini is the perfect size iPad for the majority of tablet situations. And I would love a pro version of an iPad at that size. iPad mini pro? Isn't that just the iPhone 11? It. Is that just the iPhone 11 pro max? Mm, I mean, I have a 10s max right here. It, it's not the same. That bigger tablet experience is beautiful iPad mini is, I think it's my favorite iPad when you take like power away and out of the equation. Cause obviously iPad pro top of the line. I love it so much, but that mini size, the form factor, I just want more power there. I mean, it's each their own. I certainly offer it and people would um, of course buy it. So I get it and I get why people would be excited. So those are the three big products that Apple has yet to announce before the end of the year. Although there is one last thing they did announce the mac pro but they have not announced ship dates or pricing for configuring different models so i would assume basically this event is a pro event we have a macbook pro ipad pro let's get the mac pro in there tell me what we're doing with it it would make sense i think that's that's fair are you going the mac pro route i am going to get a mac pro which is, I know, ridiculous. And when we had Sarah Dietschy on the show, <laughs> you both gave an emphatic no. No, I am not doing this. And I understand that. I think for me, it's more of 
I've been waiting so long for Apple to make this device, even if it's overkill for me. I'm just happy it exists and it's something it's more like a passion thing for me. Like I really want to get that in, test it out, get that display, et cetera. Again, overkill. But, you know, when it's something that you work with all day, like I have a MacBook Pro, but I only use that. Like that's not my main machine. I use that when I'm kind of on the couch. My main machine is an iMac Pro. So the machine that I use all day and then we staring at all day, I don't mind splurging for that because it's what I spend the majority of my time on. Okay, I can respect it. So that's what Apple has not announced, what Apple will announce, should announce, and will probably announce before Black Friday hits in surprisingly just a few months. My God, just a couple months, not even a few. Soon. We're two months away from Black Friday. Soon, soon, soon. (laughs) Okay, so that's what Apple did not announce yet. Let's talk about what Apple not only did announce, but shipped today. Today, iOS 13 has been released to the public. Can we just appreciate that smooth transition you just made, by the way? I mean, I just, I want to like veteran, veteran move, man. Hey, man, I'm always looking for those. I'm always looking for where I can make that smooth transition like a pro. Very smooth. iOS 13. It's a thing that's out now and you should download. And if you <laughs> and if you are getting a new phone and you plan on migrating information over from your current device to your new one, make sure you have iOS 13 on your old phone first to make that process easier. It makes it easier, but it's not mandatory. I saw some people on Twitter saying you won't be able to migrate your data if you don't have iOS 13 on your phone no. first. That part's not true. Used to be the case. Yes. Just makes it a bit easier. Let's talk about features. So we have... For some reason, everybody thinks this is the biggest feature. I don't know if you agree. I disagree. I don't think dark mode is the biggest feature of the phone. It's basically just changing the color in apps. It's cool, but I wouldn't upgrade specifically to get this. I mean, dark mode is the feature, but I mean, why you wouldn't upgrade? I mean, it's a free upgrade. Like, why not? Right? New security features. Right, it's right. Not like I, get, I guess like, what I'm saying is it. it's not the one feature to be. It's like to be excited about like we have the new portrait lighting controls where you can get really granular on portrait lighting which is gonna be great on the new phones especially you have the new high key mono portrait lighting you have the new i think the new photos app is amazing way better than what we had prior it is definitely as a parent and i'm sure you'll appreciate this too it's gotten so much better at surfacing specific moments from you know my son is 15 now so specific moments from the past 15 years that you just open photos and it's like, oh, wow, like I forgot about this or this is cool or this brings a tear to my eye or whatever. Like Apple has put some serious work into the photos app. You can now edit the videos in the photos yes. app using the exact same tools that you could edit photos with. So these are some power features here that are more than just, hey, I can turn messages black. No, you're not wrong. It's not a huge redesign that people are expecting, but there's a lot of subtle things and most of them do live in photos. So you've got things like birthday mode. If you've got birthdays assigned to people in like your people's album, then the photo tab will sort of highlight pictures of them on their birthday, which is kind of yes. cool. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a nice thing to, to have. Search is more contextually aware. So you can just search beach or selfies or sushi. Mm-hmm. As I know, you probably do take a lot of pictures of. You'll be able to sort of <laughs> do all of those things from right into the photo app. There's a bunch of stuff more too. You've got filter control, the video editing support you mentioned, non-destructive video editing, you got white balance, sharpening, noise reduction. There's just like a bunch of a stuff, lot of stuff here. in there. A if lot you of stuff. AirPods, obviously AirPods 
so cool that they have become a meme. Two features specifically for you. Siri can now read your incoming messages to you aloud without you having to pick up your phone. So you can optionally turn on this feature where if you have your AirPods in and a message comes in, Siri will just read it to you. You can respond right there. And audio sharing with AirPods, which allows you to pair two sets of AirPods or PowerBeats Pro to one iOS device. So, you know, you don't have to do that old thing anymore where if me and my wife are on a plane and we want to like watch a movie together, I get like one AirPod and she gets the other one and we just both have to listen in mono. Now you can pair two sets of AirPods to one device. So again, lots of features here that Apple has baked in new swipe keyboard. Yep. They have a thing now where in messages you can define your own profile picture and name. So when you message someone, they get your profile picture right away. Like all these little things add up, I think, to a nice upgrade that's more than just I agree. dark mode. Is Sided with Apple, is that is that out now with iOS 13 or is that coming like at a later time? Sided with Apple is live now. And I believe like last I checked, there was only like one site that was supporting it. But I would assume now that it's out, we're going to see it start rolling out fairly so, quickly. I mean, I think that's a huge, a huge thing to have. And a, a big update for, I believe, iPhone XR users with iOS 13, they can now take portrait modes of things that are not people. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So, yes. Yeah, so, iPhone XR, yes. Uh, which is a big one. Also, redesigned CarPlay. If you do CarPlay a lot, completely redesigned dashboard and home screen redesign, which I think is it's a pretty significant upgrade. You're also on like, the iPhone X, XS, all the phones with Face ID, it's faster face unlock which is super nice. And if you're on a smaller size iPhone, so if you've got a 64 app from the apps or are packaged in a new way that make them up to 50% smaller. So using yes. using storage better. I mean, it's, it's like an S upgrade, but there's still a lot of things that have been fine-tuned under the hood that I think are, are really, really helpful. Yeah, and I think those years are actually the better ones because the refinements, you know, you're making things work better rather than adding features on top of things that aren't working as well. Speaking of the apps, yes, they're going to be smaller and they will also launch twice as fast. So you're getting more speed with this update as well. I agreed. And Andrew, inside of iOS 13, perhaps a killer feature, fertile window prediction and fertile window notification. Hey, inside what's up? of health, As well as a cycle history and cycle visualization for the lady folks out there that are interested in sort of monitoring their own health and their own sort of reprodu- reproductive needs. And somebody who has kids and, is, you know, tracks some of this stuff, it's nice to have it built in first party. Absolutely. And, you know, kudos to Apple, you know, with the Apple Watch last week. And, you know, I'm all about cool tech. I love tech. Obviously, this is what I do. But when a company can take tech and use tech to actually make your life better, improve your life, some cases save your life. That's really to me when I get excited about tech. And in this case, create life potentially. <laughs> yes, even help you create life. That That's when things get exciting. So iOS 13 does pack a lot into the hood. There's been some reports. I know The Verge is saying that it was especially buggy for them. I've been using the betas, and I know betas generally come with bugs. I found it to be more stable than previous betas. And on the Gold Master, which is what came out publicly today, I found it to be relatively stable. And I think people shouldn't think twice about hitting the upgrade button. No, you're good. However, there is something to be aware of. iOS 13.0 comes out today for the iPhone. iOS 13.0 does not come out today for the iPad, iPad OS. So iPad OS is getting its update, I believe on the 24th. Correct. So in other words, 
there's a couple things in the new version of iOS that require you to update your data. So one of them would be the new reminders app. Once you update your data, that data can only be seen by other devices running iOS 13. So if you update your iPhone today and you use reminders all the time, your iPad will no longer be able to see those reminders until it is also on iOS 13. So that would be one reason to wait. If you wait until September 24th to update, then all of your iOS devices should be able to to work together. That would be the only thing I would caution people on. That's a fair point. I think that that's a reasonable reason to wait. I mean, I'm excited about iOS 13. I am excited about the new the new iPhones. I think from a camera standpoint, they're going to set themselves above the current crop of phones. But obviously, I'm excited yeah. to see what, what Google does in October with the Pixel 4, which is kind of the elephant in the room here. Yes, that, for sure. All right, that's iOS 13. Up next, we're going to talk about the upgrade path. Should you upgrade if you have an iPhone XR to an iPhone 11? Or what would be what puts you over the top to go to an iPhone 11 Pro? That's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental story of the week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Once again, big shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. It's now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. John, what do we have today? Boom, Story of the Week. So I did something that made sense to me, and then I brought it up to other folks, and it evidently seems like a questionable decision. So... (laughs) <laughs> and, it's about, and it relates to the phones and, and everything. So my wife has been on an iPhone 10 for two years. Okay. And she's been saying her phone has been kind of slowing down the usual kind of Apple stuff that happens yeah. two-ish years into phones. I said, great, I'm going to get her a new phone. I upgraded her from an iPhone 10 to an iPhone 11 instead of going okay. to an iPhone 11 Pro. That upgrade path made sense to me. But people looked at me like, why? She's going to miss out on OLED. And she didn't care. <laughs> does not right, care at all so. does not care at all about the screen so i wanted to talk a bit about the differences between the iphone 10r and the iphone 11 and at what point i think going to an iphone 11 or an iphone 11 pro makes sense if you have a phone so if you have an iphone 8 or newer then 100 percent jump to the iphone 11 Unless you're the kind of, with a few caveats of if you're a person who needs the best screen, then you probably already upgraded anyway, and you doubtfully have an iPhone 8 or older anyway. I would wholeheartedly go to the iPhone 11. You are getting an incredibly fast current-gen processor with the A13. You've got the wide and now the ultra-wide cameras. You've got 4K60 You've got gigabit LTE and Wi-Fi 6, which I think are really not being given the credit they deserve. So for theoretical faster Wi-Fi speeds and faster LTE speeds, big deal if you go to a lot of sporting events and you're trying to get on a Wi-Fi network there, Wi-Fi 6 is going to be huge for you, as well as you know the color options that are there as well. And the screen size of the iPhone 11, 
if you have an iPhone 10, I still say it's an upgrade to go to the iPhone 11. Now, here's where people might disagree. If you have an iPhone 10R, traditionally I've said don't upgrade to the next year. Wait a year. That's usually the ideal upgrade path. I'm going to deviate from that and say I think upgrading from the 10R to the 11 actually makes sense if camera is the most important feature for you on a phone. What this does with smart HDR and night mode and what it can capture, I think is so superior to what you get with the iPhone XR, which is already a very good camera, that I think it is worth the upgrade. And if you're debating picking one of these phones up, either an iPhone XR or 11, the difference is $100. And I think, again, it's worth spending that extra 100 bucks to get the 11, which you probably make back anyway in a year or two years when you sell the phone or trade it back in. Yeah, you know what the iPhone X upgrade, you know, what's interesting I think what I've been seeing is a lot of people saying you go from the 10 to the 11, you're still getting your same two cameras. I've seen this a lot, but what you need to realize is you're trading one of those cameras. Your iPhone 10 gives you the wide angle and the telephoto while the 11 gives you the wide angle and the ultra wide. So you're actually losing the telephoto. If you like having the telephoto lens, the only way to get that is to go to the pro. And so that is a fair point. And there's there's a question to be asked, should Apple have included the telephoto instead of the ultra wide on the 11? And I actually like the telephoto a lot. So I probably would have preferred a telephoto, but I, I get the benefit of the ultra wide. Yeah. The fact that the phone still uses both lenses to do portrait mode, it'll use the ultra wide to give you that dual camera portrait mode to capture that data. So you're still getting the same type of effect that you would get on the iPhone 10. You just need to, you know, take two steps closer to your subject. So if you can take two steps closer to your subject, you will have, for all intents and purposes, what what looks to be the same result as you would have gotten on the telephoto lens while still getting. I think the ultra wide is a harder one to manually do with your feet just by walking taking three steps back is not going to give you the same effect that you would get from that ultra wide camera. And that's their big thing this year is talking about like, look at, look at these new, this new angle. And what's interesting is, you know, the iPhone is the single most popular phone in the world. So I'm not talking about operating. I'm talking about specific phones. iPhone is the number one camera in the world. And so now that Apple has added ultra wide to both models, I feel like, there's something that people aren't even realizing. We're on the horizon of a big shift. With this being the most popular camera, these, these new iPhones, we're going to see the average consumer taking all sorts of ultra-wide photos similar to what we saw with selfies. Before the selfie camera, selfies weren't really, they weren't a thing. We weren't seeing people taking shots of themselves and themselves with their friends. No, It true. became a cultural phenomenon once this got added onto the front of the phones. What kind of trends are we going to see over the next couple of years as it pertains to the use of the ultra wide camera? I'm actually really interested to see where this goes. Yeah. And I think it's a very interesting proposition to sort of see what happens. And I think if you people take a lot of photos outside in ideal light, then maybe the differences won't be there. But if you take photos in less than ideal light or in the dark, it is a huge, significant upgrade. What would you tell people? You know, we're just talking about upgrade paths. So we're talking about 10R to 11, 10 to 11. Where's the shift to where you say you've been on a 10R or you've been on a 10? You need to go to the iPhone 11 Pro. You should skip the 11 and you should go directly 
to pro? I don't know if there is one at all, honestly. I think if you're a... And listen, I, and I put myself in this category. If you're a screen snob or somebody who just wants to have the best, <laughs> then that's why you would do it. But there's very little reason to go to the 11 Pro, I think, or especially the 11 Pro Max. Unless, like, you need to have 4x4 MIMO for gigabit LTE, like something that crazy. Or, I guess, battery life, battery life now. It's interesting that, you know, people say, how can Apple call this Pro when it's not? And then it's because all the features of the Pro are so niche that they're not really, you know, there's not really that many compelling reasons for the average person. But I think that make that is the definition of Pro. These are niche features for people who need them. Most people do not need them. That's what makes it a pro feature. It's that niche feature that not everybody needs or is even going to know or realize is there. I, I, think, I think that's a, that's a fair point. And that might be why you're actually getting, you know, the, those quote unquote pro features and why those phones exist, even though they're clearly now no longer the high volume phones that Apple's selling. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this and I think this is kind of an aside, the battery life improvement. Remember last year with the 10R, the 10R went and got like it, that one got the most battery improvement last year while the two, the 10S line didn't really get much of an improvement. I think what's happening is the 10R was the first phone to have 3D touch removed that panel and that gave it the space to have a thicker battery. And this year, the 11, regular 11 isn't seeing as much of a significant battery bump because they already did it last year. It yeah. gets one extra hour. But the other two phones have that same panel layer removed, the 3D touch layer, which is allowing them to now see that same battery life improvement. I think the 3D touch layer inside is actually the removal is what's letting us get this Listen, insane and battery order's life. been restored. It, the, it makes sense now which phones have the best battery life. The Pro Max has the most, the Pro's got the second, and the 11's got the third. Like That makes sense. Let's make the switch from talking about upgrading our phones to talking about data carriers, our phone carriers. We were talking before we started the show about what topics are we going to talk about? And I mentioned that T-Mobile is being added to the Apple Card's 3% cashback tier. So when the Apple Card was announced, it was any purchases you make from Apple would give you 3% cashback. Right before launch, the day before launch, they included Uber and Uber Eats at that 3% tier. And now T-Mobile is being added as well. So if you buy anything from T-Mobile using your Apple card, you get 3% cash back on your purchase from T-Mobile. And that kind of led us to start talking about what carriers do we use and do we like them or not? So first of all, what do you think about the Apple card news and the 3% cash back and how they're starting to add companies? You know, every couple of weeks, it seems like they're adding something new. I love that they're adding new companies. I mean, I, I, I think that's great. I think that's one of the benefits of, of maybe using the Apple card. So I use T-Mobile. And my house in the middle of Irvine, California, if you look at it on any carrier map, I should be getting the most amazing cell service with any of the major carriers here. Interesting. Okay. But for some reason, my house is like a Faraday cage. Oh. The second I step inside of my home, I lose all cell service for all wow. carriers, for, 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 for T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, and Sprint, everything. And I've tried to troubleshoot it. I've spoken to T-Mobile directly. They actually redirected more 60 megahertz spectrum directly at my house. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I am 100% serious. Wow. And that uh, didn't help. And that has not helped. Have you tried the in-home T-Mobile hotspot thing? So that's what I have. Oh, and, and that doesn't help either. So that helps. 
So that gives me service, that little in-home tower you plug into Wi-Fi and it broadcasts LTE. Yeah. That I have. So that's the only way that I get cell service in my house. Otherwise, I have to rely on Wi-Fi calling, which is generally fine. But if there's a power outage, then your cell phone becomes essentially useless or you have to go outside. But you do have those power walls. We do, we, we do have those. But Wi-Fi, if like the node goes out or something, I can't, you know, my router still has power. There's nothing going to it. So that's made me debate trying to switch carriers. And I went to Verizon and I bought a prepaid SIM. I tested again in my house. Nothing worked. So I'm thinking, okay, what carrier is going to give me the best service just around anyway? And I've gotten a little annoyed with T-Mobile. A lot of dropped calls and still the same issues where if I go indoors, I lose network. So I'm hoping that maybe maybe the new iPhones will alleviate some of that concern. So I'm, I'm going to give it a few more weeks before I decide if I am going to to make a carrier switch and swap. And it's a, it's a big decision. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also on T-Mobile. I don't know if it's because of where I live, but T-Mobile is actually headquartered about 10 miles from my home here in uh, the Bellevue, Washington area. They have a campus that is lit up at night in all magenta. All the buildings are magenta. You can't <laughs> miss it as you're driving by on the freeway. T-Mobile service here is fine. There's no, no complaint, but what I did find, and anyone can do this, is I have my T-Mobile service on the eSIM in my iPhone, and then I have either, you know, you can throw a Google Fi in the physical SIM, SIM card slot, or you can throw a Verizon card in there. And a lot of times when we get these review units in, I'll just take a SIM card and just throw it in my iPhone and use that for a while. But the cool thing is in iOS 13, which is different than iOS 12. In iOS 12, you would say, okay, I have an eSIM and I have a physical SIM. Here's the one of the two SIMs that I want you to use for my data connection. It would only use that one SIM and you can change it at any time. In iOS yes. 13, what you can do is say, if my primary SIM has a weak signal, just switch to my other SIM and use the data from there if it's better. And that might be something that you might try because if you go with either Xfinity Mobile or Google Fi, these are plans that don't require any, they're month to month, they're inexpensive, especially for data. And yeah. you can kind of supplement your T-Mobile with that and see, you know, then it lets you try out another service without making the switch first and then seeing if it works. Interesting. So I've done the eSIM thing. I was a little bit nervous to use an eSIM as my main SIM. So I went abroad to Finland when I had an eSIM for Verizon, or for AT&T, excuse me. And as soon as I went abroad, my eSIM stopped working completely. Really? So I was a little bit worried that using an eSIM maybe was impacting roaming. So I've been reticent to sort of move over to an eSIM as my main SIM. But also, it doesn't make it more complicated if you want to you know, switch to a Note 10 or switch to something else. Like, it does make things infinitely more complicated. Then you have to switch that to a physical SIM, correct? If you plan on using your physical SIM card in another phone, then yes. For me, the SIM card really just means this is my phone number. If a company gives me a review unit of like a, let's just say a Galaxy phone, and I have a SIM in there, I'm not worried about, well, I'm not getting my phone calls to this phone because I don't know, I rarely talk on the phone. But for the average person out there, yes, what it would yeah. do is you would need to make a phone call to T-Mobile to get it switched over. However, if you're on an iPhone, and you upgrade your phone to a new phone, it will actually recognize you're using eSIM and ask if you want to switch the eSIM from your old phone over to your new phone. I'm wondering if your international thing was because, you know, T-Mobile didn't actually start officially, quote unquote, supporting eSIM until about two weeks ago for postpaid customers. It was only for prepaid. 
And so I wonder if that somehow messed you up because they weren't officially supporting it yet. Yeah, which is interesting. I think I'm going to do the reverse of you, though. I think whenever like Google Fi or something offers an eSIM, I'll do that and I'll keep my regular okay. SIM, a physical a physical SIM and give it give it a shot. But you have options now and it's cool. You can sort of have these essentially dual SIM phones sort of get the best experience. And I think that is a very cool way to go. And I think it's certainly a, a vision of the future where you don't have a SIM card anymore. You just sort of scan your QR code and your new phone starts working. I agree. I agree. Well, hey, that is our show this week. Anything else you need to add to the viewers? Not viewers, the listeners. The listeners, enjoy your new phones if you're getting them. Enjoy your old yes. phones if you're not getting them. Just because new phones are out does not mean your old phone is garbage. <laughs> Don't have FOMO. Enjoy what you've got in your pocket. You've got the world's information at your fingertips, even if it's using a little bit of an older processor. That's my word of advice for everybody. I, I agree with you. And for those who are wondering why the show has been so Apple heavy lately, especially if you're a new listener, it's because it's been the lead up to the Apple event, then the Apple event, then the Apple hardware releases. This is not an Apple show, but it's just been Apple season right now. So that's why we're going to be getting back to your regularly scheduled tech news, even though Apple probably does have more hardware coming in October. But as a teaser next week, for example, we're going to have John and I will both have our impressions of the brand new Nintendo Switch Lite. The Swite, as I'm so, MW. <laughs> the Slight, the Nintendo Slight. I actually can't wait to get my hands on it. Even though I have, I mean, I have a full-size Switch, but I want to have something a little more portable, and that's what that's what the Switch Lite aims to be. So we will talk about it. I have thoughts on the Switch Lite that may be not popular, but I will save them for the next episode. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube, I'm at youtube.com slash gear live and John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app. If you haven't done so already, just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.